You are listening to a sermon by Pastor Christopher Sally of New Life Christian Fellowship Church. Won't he do it? I even heard, and I don't believe Sister Kim knew what my title of my message was, but as Brother Tim was giving that praise report, I heard us say, won't he do it? <laughs> Come on. <son. laughs> ah, won't he do it? We love to... We love to say that. I, I actually recall that there was a, the comedian Dion Cole <laughs> was talking about that. And he, he said that we say that sometimes at the inappropriate times, you know, something that, that, that you're not supposed to get, something happens, some money fall off a Brinks truck or something and you know, won't he do it? It's like, no, that's not. But there was a white guy that was in the front. He said, do you know who he is? And he was like, he said, he said, black people say, won't he do it? They're talking about God and the whole, and it was just like really, really funny. We know what we mean when we say, won't he do it? Amen. And, and I would tell you that, that if you could parenthetically add some things after certain statements that the apostle Paul makes in Ephesians chapter two, particularly, no, not particularly in the last half, the first half and the last half, I'm telling you, you could insert with some chills running up your spine and goosebumps on your arms to be able to say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? And you, hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, wherein in times past, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Won't he do it? Listen, that's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And I'll tell you that the Apostle Paul is telling us really as we've talked about in second corinthians chapter five and we talked about the fact that we are ambassadors and that we have this this message and we want to be the best messengers around the message i'm telling you that if you look at ephesians chapter two the apostle paul is breaking down that same message in a different way this verses one through ten beloved is the message of regeneration amen it's the message of regeneration. It's the same message that he summarizes when he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He says there's a message of regeneration that you were in a place of separation. He says in you, um, you who were dead in trespasses and sins. 
separated from God. Separation. There is separation. He's talking about here is the message I want to tell you. You've been separated from God. And what has separated you? Your sins, your your wicked works have separated you. According to Colossians 1 and 20, I believe, or Colossians 1 and 21. Again, you and I were separated from, from God. And so he says here, I'm telling you, there was separation when we when we start out with this message. But then there is this beautiful thing called intervention. Amen. And the intervention is captured in two words. But God. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins hath quickened us together. By Christ, you were dead and now made alive because of the intervention of God in Christ Jesus, but God. And then he says, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so to complete his message in three parts, he says there was separation, there was intervention, and now there's elevation. That's the message. Of regeneration. The apostle Paul said, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Cause he's already done it. That's the message of regeneration. Oh my gosh. You're dead, dead to alive. Amen. Dead to alive. Summarized in those two beautiful words, but God. Hmm. And then he says this. Wherefore remember. You being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were uh, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise without Christ, without hope and without Christ in the world. But now ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ for he is our Peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both into one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace unto you which were afar off, and to them that were not. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God by his spirit. That's Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. I told you it was one of my favorite passages. And in that second, which is where we'll spend our time today, breaking this apart, following up on last week when we talked about what's love got to do with it and who is my neighbor and all that we talked about in terms of the hostility there is an answer to the hostility that we're experiencing today, literally as African-Americans. If we want to break it down to our situation, we can see ourselves in the in the verses that 
the apostle Paul is talking about when he's talking about Jew and Gentile, when he's talking about uh, what what has been experienced, uh, particularly between the Jews and the Samaritans, when he was talking, uh, and we were talking in a pa- pa- passage, excuse me, in in Luke chapter ten. And so, not only is there a message of regeneration, the second half of Ephesians gives us a message of what reconciliation, and that is our ultimate message, is it not? That's what he said. We implore you uh, as ambassadors of Christ, be ye what? Reconciled to God. Here is the message broken apart in a different way. And again, it starts out with separation. Amen. It's I'm going to summarize this thing for you. Amen. It starts out again in separation. And again, now the separation is not between us and God. The separation is between us and others. Amen. Still separation. Still separation, but you see that there is still in the, in the divine providence of God, there is still intervention. The intervention before was that he is the same intervention that, that he did in the first, but God, who is rich in mercy, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary for sins. And so again, the scripture says, he says, before you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now. So the same way that the message of regeneration is characterized by those two words, but God. The message of reconciliation is characterized by two words, but now. Separation, intervention, and this time it doesn't lead to elevation. It leads to habitation. In whom the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The message of regeneration and the message of reconciliation. But God, but now. You're not going to get off that easy, though. That sounded like I was finished. But no. (laughs) That's what I say. The Apostle Paul says, but God, but now. I'm telling you, but no. We need to dig into this just a little bit what more and that's because the apostle paul i love verse 11 because he says wherefore remember we're not called to forget what has happened to us amen The Apostle Paul just wants us to use what has happened to us in the correct way. He wants us to see where we have come from and then be able with the right biblical perspective to be able to use it as fuel and understanding in terms of what has happened. But he told them, listen, wherefore, remember, you in times past were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. So they he's, he's telling them they will call a names. Amen. Just, just so you know, he didn't say forget about that. He didn't say I'm not going to bring it up. He says I want you to understand and remember the depth of the hostility. You all have real beef with one another. There's real beef. 
there's been real name calling. They called you uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. But I love how the apostle Paul says the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Because he says earlier, and he says in Romans, he who is a Jew is one who is a Jew inwardly, whose circumcision is not of the flesh, but is of the heart. So again, it's a spiritual circumcision. That's what makes you spiritual Israel. He says it's not, it's, it's, it's by righteousness, by faith. It's, it's, it's not by, by, by legacy, but, but he, he said, I want to make sure you understand. I, Jesus has got to find a way to bring together two groups. And if he can, if he can bring you into relationship with him, given all of the hostility that's based upon sin, won't he do the same thing when he looks at you and I, when he looks at our history and all that the Jews and the Gentiles had to go through all of that stuff that we talked about a little bit and started to get into when you talk about the Jews and the Samaritans. When that teacher of the law said, seeking to justify himself, he said, who's my neighbor? And if we can make our neighbor look, the person who looks like us, that we're close to, that we want to hang with anyway, it can make fellowship easy. The apostle Paul said, I want you to understand the depths of where you've, what, come from. So I can show you. The length to which God has fixed your problem. You didn't hear me. He wants you to remember that we were called uncircumcision. Amen. That's for us. Remember the history of what has happened in this country. Remember that they called you boy. Remember that they call you a spear chucker and remember that they call you a spade. Remember that they call you these other names and they call you that, that, that word that we, uh, that's characterized our, 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 our uh, history with white folks in America the same way that the uh, Jews would call uncircumcision. They called us what? Nigga. He says, remember that. I want you to remember what that felt like. Remember what that feels like when you think about the history in this country. I want you to remember slavery. I do. I want you to remember reconstruction. I want you to remember the promise of reconstruction. That got dismantled. I want you to remember how they used the 13th Amendment that said that no one could be enslaved except for reason of crime. And how they built a prison industrial complex specifically designed to move the enslavement from one form to another. Because in this country... They're always trying to control black bodies. Remember Jim Crow. Remember that when you're in the South, even if you're a grown man like my grandfather was, that you still had to keep your head down when you saw white folks, that he could, you could be a homeowner, a deacon in your church, have a good job and raising a family, but they could still, no matter what age you were, still call you boy. Wherefore, remember. 
Remember how we feel? Remember how it, it feels for us in the, in the redlining and the housing discrimination? How hard we had to fight for civil rights? The freedom bus riders, the lunch counters, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Remember. Remember all of it. Remember all of it. Remember Tamir Rice. Remember George Floyd. Remember Philando Castile. Remember Breonna Taylor. Remember Eric Garner. Remember, remember, remember as we continue to struggle and fight to simply just declare that black lives matter. Because that's where we are. And while things have gotten better, so it seems, the exploration, the true exploration of critical race theory shows us how it has pivoted to systems so that even though when laws change, critical race theory says, how does it still play out in terms of the practicality of how we relate to one another, one another through these systems? And the fact that we have critical race theory and the fact that we have to now talk about the, the racism that is, that's been institutionalized, the stuff that's systemic. The practical implication of, okay, so there's no longer a law that says uh, that you uh, can't have white and black folks in the same country club, for instance. But if I just change the rules so that only by three-fourths of the vote of the country club can you become a member and you have to know somebody that's in there, the practical implication is the law has changed, but there's still fewer black folks, or if no black folks, that are allowed where business is done. And when when things are happening and, and contracts are passed out and all these other kind of things, see, that's what critical race theory would be talking about. It's like, yeah, the law changed, but there's still some systemic things that are happening that have an effect. It's almost like that the Greek tense, there's a, a tense in Greek called the perfect tense. And in the perfect tense, it's a it's an event that has taken place in the past that still has an effect in the present. An event that's taken place in the past that still has an effect in the present. That's what we're dealing with. And the Apostle Paul, I believe, if you look at this and you apply it to our lives today, the Apostle Paul says, wherefore, remember that in the in times past you were Gentiles and they were called uncircumcision by the circumcision. That at that time, again, he said, listen, you were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Again, Romans chapter 9 would, would uh, remind us. This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I'm sorry I didn't write this verse down. He says, Roman chapter chapter 9 would say this. 
he says here, my people Israel, verse four, theirs is the adoption of sons. There's a divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all forever be praised. Amen. But he's saying, listen, the reality is everything flowed historically through Israel. Amen. So he says you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise without without Christ, I mean, with, without hope and without God in the world. He says, I want you to remember where you were. But now. But now. You who sometimes were afar off are made nigh. Made near by what? I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross, and I know it was the blood. The apostle Paul says, I want you to get an appreciation of how terrible everything is. We've already talked about how he, this this regeneration, and, there, and, and he has uh, uh, reconciled you to himself and elevated you. He said, but there's still this fellowship issue. And he says, it's between Jew and Gentile. It's literally characterized in all of the hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. He says, but now, listen, but now in Christ Jesus. You who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Why? For he is our peace. If you know Jesus, you know peace. If you don't know Jesus, there is no peace. Amen. There is a path to peace, beloved. There's a path to peace. And the path to peace comes through reconciliation and that reconciliation comes through the blood at the cross. The only prerequisite for, for, uh, reconciliation, fortunately or unfortunately, you already fulfill that. The only prerequisite for reconciliation is sin. Amen. You got that down. Amen. I've got that down. He says, yeah, sign me up for some reconciliation. Why? Because I understand what it means to, to, to be a, a sinner. Cause he says in Colossians 1 and 21, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by what? By wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. So again, we were the prerequisite for reconciliation is sin. But then he says, listen, the path to reconciliation is through the what? It's through the cross. And and the provision for reconciliation is literally the body of Christ and the product of reconciliation. Beloved is peace. And that peace is in a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. We keep talking about we want peace. And Jesus keeps stepping up and saying, I am peace. And we need to look at each other and say, what's the path to peace that we need to see for our entire world? He says the path for peace and the provision for peace I've already made. Won't he do it? 
Won't he do it? Because he's already done it. We were talking about we want peace. He said the product of reconciliation is peace. And so he said you need to be reconciled to me, and I can also reconcile you to one another. Why? Because Colossians chapter 1 tells us this, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to what? Reconcile all things unto himself, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Listen, Jesus is the reconciler of all things. He will reconcile creation to himself, the animal kingdom to himself, everything in heaven, everything in earth. He is the reconciler. And when you are the reconciler, you bring the peace because to be reconciled means that you are, are 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 satisfied and settled with your situation amen their situation between one another your situation with your circumstances and the situation with your god you cannot have peace without reconciliation he says i'm the reconciler so i bring peace you'll be bound over and woven together you will be able i can i can heal all of the wounds that everybody is dealing with if they just come to me and Ephesians 2 lets us know how deep it went so we can see how far Jesus brought us. He says, he is our peace who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He says, I know y'all got beef. I know y'all got history, but I'm not just going to build up the wall like they did in Nehemiah. I'm going to break down the wall, the walls that separate you, whatever is going on. He said, even the law of commandments containing ordinances. Again, the children of Israel stood separate from every other nation because they had a relationship with God through the law. Theirs was the law and the covenants. They were told to be ye separate. Amen. They were told to separate themselves. But he says he literally abolished the law. He abolished it, beloved, by fulfilling it. He said righteousness was never going to come by the law. That's what the apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 9. I told you this is theological deep water. This is theological high grass. But we got to go there so you can understand what God is doing right now in your life, in my life, and in this world. I'm telling you, he says, listen, I understand that the law was good, but it did not bring the righteousness that God required. And so he had to fulfill the law by satisfying the sacrifice of his body on the cross for sin because the law couldn't do it. The righteousness does not come from the law. Righteousness comes according to Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the, for in the gospel, for therein is a righteousness of God revealed. And from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The woman at the well, she was a Samaritan. Any self-respecting Jew didn't go through Samaria to get to, from Galilee to Jerusalem. He didn't go through, he or she did not go through Samaria. 
they crossed over and went to Perea and then came down. But I love the words in John chapter 4 that Jesus says, I must needs go through Samaria. Why why you got to go through Samaria, Jesus? Because I have an appointment with somebody. And at that appointment, I'm going to kick some brand new flavor in her ear. It's all going to be brand new. Y'all just don't know yet, but I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Time for brand new flavor in your ear. Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. Time for brand new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Christ, the brand new flavor in your ear. He says it's a new fellowship. He said it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new fellowship. When you look at John chapter, uh, John chapter four and he talks about seven and eight, we'll do this quickly. There cometh a woman to Samaria to draw water and she said, give me to drink. And, and, and he said, how is it you being a Jew asketh me of, uh, to drink? I'm a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But he says, listen, you don't understand. He says, if you, if you knew it's the gift of God and he it was that asked thee to give you the drink, that would have asked him and he would give unto you living water. He said, there's going to be a new fellowship. I know historically that the Jews and the, and the Samaritans don't get along, but I'm kicking new flavor. There's a new fellowship that I'm going to establish and that the kingdom, when it comes, it's going to come. Uh, it, it's the kingdom came for uh, for the it, it was for the benefit of everyone, even though it came through the Jews. It's for everybody. It's a brand new fellowship. Y'all didn't even know. He said, not only is it a brand new fellowship, it's a brand new relationship. It, it's about the living water. It's not about the water that you can grab from the well. It's about the water that will spring up into eternal life. He says, there's a brand new worship. You didn't even know. She said, listen, the Jews say that we're supposed to, to worship in Jerusalem. And we say you're supposed to worship here on Mount Gerizim. Why? Because that's that was the history of the Samaritans. I told you, look at 2 Kings chapter 17. Look at Ezra chapter 4. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4. They got real beef and real history. Why? Because the Samaritans were half-breed by birth and they were half-breed by religion. And the Jews was like, we want to have nothing to do with you. And they were like, yeah, well, we're going to worship here in Mount Gerizim. And you all say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said, you don't even understand. There's a brand new worship. It's not about where. It's about how. It's not about the place. It's about the purity. He said the day is coming and is now here. The day that will worship will worship uh, it's a different way that you have to worship God. Why? He says, but the hour cometh and is now here when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He said it's a brand new fellowship. It's a brand new relationship. It's a brand new worship. For the first time, Jesus says it's not about where you worship. It's about how you worship. And he revealed that anybody can praise you. Anybody can praise him, but you got to be qualified to worship. You got to be qualified. Because they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't. A lot of people can praise him, but you got to be qualified to worship. And guess who the qualifier is of worship? He said, Uno, Nuno, that's me. 
It's a brand new worship because there's a brand new lordship. It all runs through me. It's not about the temple. It's not about the place. It's not about what you heard in the in the past. There is a brand new lordship. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Because she said, the woman said, I know that the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. She said, baby, I that speak to thee am he. It's a new lordship. And he introduced it right there. And then there was a new lordship. And I said a new worship and a new fellowship and a new relationship. And then he creates a new workmanship. He says it's going to be Jews and it's going to be Gentiles that follow. And all of them are going to be created uh, for uh, created unto good works, which the father before hath ordained that we should walk in them. The Apostle Paul, he's like, you got to get this. You got to understand. I know the history. I know the pain. I know the suffering. I know everything that's going on. All that has happened. With the histories of Jews and Gentiles and Jews and Samaritans in particular. But he says, but now. It's brand new. Because I kicked brand new flavor, Jesus did. He said, it's, it's about a new relationship. It's a new worship. Everything is new. Behold, all things are new. And when there's it's new, he says, you got to get over the old. I want you to not wallow in the old. I want you to understand where you've come from so that you can appreciate where God has you now. I want you to understand where God has you and where he has me now, right now. He says, and he is our peace who has made both broken down the middle wall of partition. In the temple, there used to be a place called the court of the Gentiles. And then it was the temple proper. And there was a low, low height wall that separated them. But there was a sign that says that any Gentile that crosses over this, this wall, you do so with certain death. Because it's like there's a separation. You're outside. We're inside. And so that imagery is there when you say, what, what about this breaking down to this middle wall of partition? It's the court between the Jews and the Gentiles. And so that everybody can worship in the temple. So everybody can come, not just the high priest once a year. He tore the veil from top to bottom so that we have access to the sanctuary. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain, to obtain mercy and find, uh, to, to obtain grace and find mercy to help in time of need. We all have access because he says, for through him, it says right there in Ephesians 2, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We got access now. He says, you are out, but now you're in. He says, the Jews, you, just like it did in Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son and with the, the, the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep and then the prodigal son, the parable of the lost sheep was somebody was lost far away. The parable of the coin says somebody was lost, uh, near. So whether it's near or whether it's far, lost is lost. The Pharisees and the publicans, he says, the Pharisee says, why does he eat? He eats with sinners and he welcomes them. That's the problem we have. The Pharisees represent people that were up and out. The publicans and the tax collectors represent people that were down and out. So I'm telling you, out is out. 
Lost is lost, whether it's near or far, up or down. And then you see it come together in that prodigal son when the, the, the oldest, the younger son was lost far away. Amen. But the older son was just as angry and in the house and he was lost near. Lost is lost. He was, he was down, the youngest one, eating the, eating the, the, uh, corn and, and that the, that the, that the pigs that he was feeding, he was eating their food down and out. But the, the angry son who was in the house, he was, he was lost up and out. Out is out. Lost is lost. And the apostle Paul says he took both that were far and that were near. He came and preached peace unto you that were afar off and that were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father. He didn't graft us into their mess. He says, I'm creating something new. Come on, Isaiah in 43 and 19, I think it is. Behold, I do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Amen. He's doing something new. He says it's all brand new and you get a chance to get in on it. So forget again. Remember where you've come from so you can appreciate where you are. Now. This passage, again, it concludes with, hey, the intervention was through Jesus Christ on the cross. There is reconciliation and there is peace. Peace is what we've been looking for in this country. We've been looking for peace. The Apostle Paul would tell us, I got a pretty practical way for us to get some peace around here. That's that's the challenge of the gospel. And that's the challenge of our lives because this message is powerful. But many of you don't think it's practical. But if you're dead in sins and spiritually dead, if you're dead, the first thing is you got to be made alive. Guess what? You can't be woke unless you're alive. You can't be woke unless you're alive. And the only way you and I can be alive is to be regenerated through the message of regeneration. And then we come together in the message of reconciliation. And so when we start dealing with folks that are alive and we, we're, 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 we're desperately understanding that everything we knew, everything we do is to help people to be alive first so that they can then be woke. Amen. Because there's still, oh my gosh, there's still so much work to do once you're alive. Because we're fighting our sin nature. We're fighting everything that we used to know, do and we used to know. That's what Romans 7 talks about. So it's going to be tough enough, but you can't really work with walking dead. It's hard to work with the walking dead. They might move like, come on somebody, they might move and have certain kind of uh, attributes uh, of that they might feed and move around if you think about that TV show. But they're not alive. How much can you expect to get from the walking dead? So the path that we have to take is practical. We need folks to be alive in Jesus Christ. That's the path for peace. He's already made the provision. And the product of that peace, the product of that reconciliation, is we will have peace. It's practical. Because you cannot be woke 
unless you're alive. But it's still going to be tough. But that has to be our motivation all the time as we interact with people. As we go about our business in this world, we should always be seeking to bring more people into the kingdom because it makes our job of how we get justice and how we see mercy and how we see things be made right in the world around us. We have to work with folks that are alive and that's going to be difficult. We got a bad history with that too. But we got a fighting chance because He's already done it. So we can say, won't he do it? Yeah, he keeps saying, I've already done it. I've given you everything you need to be able to build reconciliation. Because I've, he said, I literally have slain the enmity. I have destroyed the hostility that you should, the hostility you feel. I destroyed that at the cross. I literally destroyed it. The only reason it continues is because we keep picking it back up and we can't get along in the body of Christ. The witness in the body of Christ is terrible. It's terrible in America. It's terrible between black and white. It's terrible. And because that witness is terrible, we continue to have these same kind of issues and challenges and problems. But he has shown us what we need to do. And it is so practical. We need to be kingdom people. There's three things that kingdom people will confess. That I'll give you. There's more. I'm just telling you three. This is how you judge who a kingdom person is. A kingdom person will tell you. The savior of my life. Is the son of God. The guiding authority. In my life. Is the word of God. And the citizenship that I keep in view is in the kingdom of God. That never changes. No matter who's in the White House, no matter what's going on, no matter what we see around us, it doesn't matter who the governor is, who sits in the mayor, mayor seat, any of that kind of stuff. If you're a kingdom person, and that's how we can tell who kingdom people are, because they, they, will, they can confess this. The Savior of my life is the Son of God. The guiding authority in my life is the Word of God. And the citizenship that I keep in view is not, and again, I'm saying keep in view, meaning I know I'm an American citizen, but the citizenship I keep in view that motivates me is in the kingdom of God because I am a citizen of heaven, according to Philippians 3 and 20. I know where I am and I know where I'm going. I know that this is temporal and I know that that's eternal. I've got an eternal perspective and that's why I'm laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't consume and thieves don't break through and steal because where my treasure is, where your uh, treasure is, there will your heart be also. I've got an eternal, I'm a kingdom person. And we got to work with kingdom people to change the landscape all around us. Unfortunately, we're going to have to work with some walking dead. And I'm not saying it's either or. I'm telling you it's and and both. Don't give up on the mission and the goal as a kingdom person to get people to be alive so that they can get woke. 
Amen. That's the path. That's that's where it's got to come through. Amen. And we got to work with some folks that are alive, but still don't want to be a living sacrifice. Because you and I are still so selfish. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The thing about a living sacrifice is when it hits the wood and the fire, it's hot, it burns, it's uncomfortable, and they want to get off. That's me. That's you. So we got folks in the body of Christ that are alive, but you never know it. Because every time it comes to being a sacrifice and putting, like Jesus said, nevertheless not, my will but yours be done they hop off the sacrifice every time but won't he do it he'll do it well no he, he'll do it because he's done it he said I've already made a way but I need you to keep that in view I need you to work hard in terms of bringing in kingdom folks and discipleship of kingdom folks and allowing the word of God as your guiding authority to inform your worldview. Everything we should do should have a kingdom focus. All of the social work that we do, all of the community work we do has to have a kingdom view in mind. The work doesn't change. The practicality of the work doesn't change. It's just that the mission and the goal changes. We're trying to change hearts and minds, not just laws and regulations. Because if we can truly change hearts and minds, we can change these other things as well. And again, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's right. It's the message of Regeneration, it says separation, elevation, uh, intervention and elevation. But it's also the message of reconciliation. It says separation, intervention, habitation. Build it together for a habitation of God by his spirit. We're supposed to be one, one house. He said, of two I make one. One man, one body by one spirit into one temple, one habitation. One, 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 one. Lord, let us be one. Let us be unified today so that we can see change in all of the issues and challenges that we faced historically, particularly for us in this country, that we not get discouraged, but that we work even harder, knowing that the reconciliation that you bring brings the peace that we so desperately desire and then that peace can rule our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Amen